0: Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
1: Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. Oh, and first pitch, rushing! Deep left field! This is way Welcome. Got a fantasy question? Email baseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where
0: fantasy becomes
1: reality. Now here's Frank, Scott, and Chris.
0: All right, we are into hour two of our For the People League 16-team head-to-head categories. We're in round eight, so I think this one's going to go quite some time here. Uh, and it seems like we started a little bit of a catcher run here, Scott. So you take Dalton Varsho. And then Mitch Hanniger goes off the board. We only do start one catcher, thankfully. Imagine we started two catchers in a 16-team league. <laughs> Every major league starting catcher is rostered. Oh, my.
1: Oh, probably some backups. Yeah. Probably get like Jan Gomes in there, teaming up with Wilson Contreras. Wilson Contreras, I, mean, I don't think it's gone yet, right?
0: Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. No name dropping. Come on, guys. Okay, That's <laughs> nah, all
2: right. There are 15-team-only uh, leagues where you start two catchers. Ooh. Some people like that. You know, I don't want to I don't want to shame anyone for what they're into.
0: I think at that uh, point, Chris, so, you know, don't you just try to find like a just a catcher tandem that you like at that point? If you play in a league that deep, just kind of ride with both.
2: I would try to find a different league <laughs> personally. <laughs> but, that's fair. You know, that's,
0: I love how you just said, don't disparage those people. And, and then you <laughs> said you would find a different
1: league. Yeah, oh, well, wow. I would find a different league. So, we got a guy with a look at my team comment. He's, he's his first seven picks were his seven pitchers. Oh, wow. And he just took his first hitter, Reese Hoskins.
0: Okay. I'm going to get to that team in just a, just a second. I've got to make my pick here. And I'm struggling a little bit because there's a few. Honestly, even though I have people. first base
2: filled, I was strongly considering taking Reese Hoskins with my next pick.
0: Oh, he just walks so much. Yep. Uh, all right. Shortstop is dwindling. I'm going to go ahead and select Willie Adamas. I regret not taking Car- Carlos Correa a little bit with my last pick, but I was between a few players there. You know, I think in hindsight, the Seiya Suzuki pick was probably, I, I don't Remember think you got a little cute. Yeah, I don't think it was necessary. Um, yeah, probably got a little too cute with that pick, but we'll see how it turns out. Uh, so far, I've got Goldschmidt, Jorge Polanco, Willie Adamas, Eloy Jimenez, Seiya Suzuki, Otani, and then two pitchers, Charlie Morton and Sandy Alcantara. Uh, all right, let's see. Whose team is that? I believe Andrew, it's Andrew Skalicki.
1: There
0: you go. Let's let's take a look at that team. And okay, <laughs> the pitching staff. Let's run through this here. Kevin Gosman, Frankie Montas, Edwin Diaz, Rysel Iglesias, Walker Buehler, Shane Bieber, Jordan Romano. It's awesome. It's also i mean you've got four <laughs> top twenty five starting pitchers, and then you have three top ten relievers uh, mm-hmm. and your first hitter is Reese Hoskins, so this is a team we will come back to later on in the draft and and we'll see how this this lineup how this offense comes together here
1: i, I mean in theory he should win like even if some of those pitchers have a bad year, a worse year than we we're expecting in theory he should. Be in great position to win quality starts, saves plus holds, and strikeouts every week. And then ERA and WHIP. I mean, there's only so much control you have over that. So he's going to lose those categories sometimes. But those other three, he should have, a, you know. And then, of course, he'll win ERA and WHIP, his fair share as well. So it's just, it's just a matter of what the hitting ends up looking like. Obviously, Reese Hoskins is a fine choice in an OBP league like this, but he's got eight other spots to fill. So we'll see how it goes. Be interesting to watch. Oh, yes,
0: and... Uh, all right, Wilson Guterres finally goes off the board as well. Pick 123. I am the only one out of us three here that does not have a catcher. Chris, that is a great pick, man. I just I couldn't bring myself to do it. So, uh, I am looking- yeah, I mean,
2: look, I took my third... That was my third outfielder. I took Joey Gallo, uh, 124th overall, <sighs> and I had been considering him for three rounds. I, it was mostly just... This is the thing about this format when we have to throw ADP out the window is like, how do you handle a guy like that? Because I think Joey Gallo is probably a top 60, if not top 50 hitter in an OBP league. Two, four, six. Eight. So He's a top. how do I handle that when he falls 60 spots from where I think he should go? Yeah. Could I have risked letting him go another eight picks? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. doesn't seem like I could have let him go another round after that. Frank wanted him. No.
1: Yeah, but, you, you should have taken him. I, yeah, I forgot to elevate him for this draft, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Though I, I, did, I did have the misfortune of having him in this league in 2020, which was the year he had the 300 on-base percentage. Yeah. Did not enjoy that <laughs> experience so much. It mm. may have poisoned me against no, but, Joey Gallo. 389
2: in 2019, he's not going to do that again, but 351 last year with 38 homers, 90 Mm -hmm. runs, 77 RBI, even six steals. Mm -hmm. That's really good.
0: Yep. Yep. I I should have taken him over, say, Suzuki, 100%. That is, I messed up there. Uh, In this format, OBP, I mentioned, I got the projections pulled up. He is projected as a top 10 outfielder, top 10 Mm -hmm. in OBP Mm -hmm. leagues. Better than Mm -hmm. Teoscar Hernandez, better than Luis Robert, better than Chris Bryant in this format. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, you have to agree with those projections, but man, he is uh, Joey Gallo, is someone who sees a huge, huge boost uh, in this format. The other picks, I think I missed a few here. I selected Willie Adamas earlier in the round, then Justin Turner went, Pablo Lopez, Nathan Avaldi, Jazz Chisholm, uh, Wilson Guterres, Chris selected Joey Gallo, Cody Bellinger, and then Luke Voigt. And that is, no, he's not the last of the profit pocket yet, but uh, we're getting there.
1: Or the, yeah, the... there's a couple more. CJ Crone probably loses. I'm name-dropping, I know. CJ Crone, <laughs> name-dropping isn't, what are we calling it? Name, what, what was the term you used earlier, Frank? It wasn't name-dropping, that means something else. Uh, I, think I think I said
0: name-dropping, yeah. Okay.
1: You know, I was going to say, and historically he has been a bad source of OBP, CJ Crone, but he actually walked a lot last year in addition to everything else. He had a 375 yeah. OBP, so it's definitely not low. If he can do it again.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, And then Franmo Reyes goes, I believe... Good pick. Reyes is someone who walks a little bit less than you would expect. Uh, yeah, he no, doesn't walk that much. He's gotten better, actually. Yeah, past two seasons, 10% walk rate in 2020, 9.2% last year. Um, That's doable. You know, 324 OBP last season. and That'll play. 30 homers in 115 games. So, man, if he's on the field, you know, Fran mill 35-plus home runs, it's... He is just... I feel like he's undervalued. You know, Typically, all the util-only batters are. Um, yeah. But yeah, Fran Mill is one of the safest bets, I would say, for uh, 30 or 35 homers. Yeah. Uh, I wanted Matt Chapman, too.
2: Uh, I would take taken Chapman <laughs> with my next pick. All
0: right, well, that makes me feel a little bit better, so I wouldn't have gotten him. Jeez. Uh,
2: Everything goes back to that Seiya Suzuki pick. He benefits just, in, in an OVP league, as well. Even if you yeah. don't think he's going to bounce back in a huge way, he's still... A much better player in OBP.
0: Yep, big time. Um, now with the Toronto Blue
2: Jays, you're hoping, and I do expect a bounce back.
0: Yes, likewise. Um, you're hoping one year further removed from the hip surgery for Matt Chapman, he can you know decrease those strikeouts a little bit, hit for a little bit more batting average. Um, power should still be very good. Counting stats in that Blue Jays lineup also great. And uh, last year, I believe in the second half, he was sixth. In barrel rate uh, among qualified hitters, so showing some signs that like the power was coming back. It's just uh, the strikeouts. Matt Chapman has to improve on the strikeouts. After he goes Giovanni Gallegos and then Eddie Rosario, uh, Scott, let's talk about Gallegos in this format. Your team name here, Lego My Gallegos. So shout out mm. to the gent, and um, he is someone who saves plus holds. You don't really care what he's getting between those two, uh, as as long as he's pitching well, huh. like he has. The past three or four seasons, he's going to be very valuable in this format.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. I don't know that I have much to add to it. <laughs> uh, there are other pitchers like that. I don't know if you want me to drop the names, but um, Andrew Kittredge. Oh. <laughs>
0: Scott yeah. a big Scott a big name dropper today. I don't know.
1: Uh, well, <laughs> I, it's it's for the good of the for the good of the show, Frank. That's for the fair. good of the show. That is fair.
0: Uh, All right. Patrick Sandoval. Oh, Uh, my God. The race, the race to Sandoval. That was, (laughs) I was, I was wondering who was going to wind up with him. 131st overall. That, that sounds about right, Chris. I think that's uh, close to where you have him in your rankings.
2: That is pretty much where I would take him. I would have taken him if he had fallen to, what, 133rd? So I'm very upset with this person.
0: <laughs> Luis Severino is the next pick. And uh, Chris, you are back up. Let's pull up the team. Matters. You've got Yasmani Grandal, Joey Gallo, Giancarlo Stanton, George Springer, Joey... Did I just say Gallo? I feel like Gallo and Vado. Names are so similar. Anyway, those are your hitters. And then you have Verlander, Liam Hendricks, and Garrett Cole. Are you looking at infield or... Going back to pitcher here.
2: Well, I'm going to go back to pitcher. I'm going to take a much less exciting player than Patrick Sandoval, but someone that I do like quite a bit. So that's Eduardo Rodriguez. Yeah. (sighs) I'm disappointed. Would prefer to have had Patrick Sandoval, (laughs) but it's fine. It's fine. I understand it's nothing personal.
0: Jeez, I'm getting crushed. All right. After Eduardo Rodriguez, Sean Mania. These are all, I'm just making, I'm off by like one decision. Every, basically every pick in this draft. And it's
1: not, it's not going well. Um, well, there's another pitcher you really like who's there.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I see him. I see him. We'll see. You don't have to take him. I don't. Uh, I I need third base. Let's see what's going on there. All right. That's not looking too hot right now. Josh Donaldson, Cabrian Hayes. Name-dropping. But, that was the best. Uh, Luis Garcia
1: goes. Starting pitcher with the Houston Astros. And there's Jesse Winker. I was wondering when that was going to happen. Yeah, in, in an OBP. So, my version of Tout Wars uses OBP instead of batting average as a 15-team roto. Jesse Winker went, went in round three in that league. I believe it was before he was traded to Seattle. And I certainly wouldn't have endorsed him going in round three. But to see him go 136th in this particular OBP league, I, I still think that's... It's really, really good value.
0: All right. And then Josh Bell goes. So, we are down to one in the profit pocket. Whoever needs a first baseman, step right up. He's yours. <laughs> uh, Tyler Malley is the next pick. And now it's decision time once now again. Now
1: it's up to you, Frank.
0: Do I take? What's the, it gonna be, Frank? Do I take that picture? I don't know. That Scott is referring to. Or do I go somewhere? I wanna else? name names or anything? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to
1: do it. No, you don't need to do it.
0: I'm going to select ah, Logan
1: Gilbert. <laughs> I thought I could use a little reverse psychology on you.
0: It Doesn't almost work. worked. It almost worked. Uh, he is my third starting pitcher to go along with Charlie Morton and Sandy Alcantara. Sandy. Sandy. And, <laughs> you know, since basically since that first start in spring, Logan Gilbert has uh, looked much worse. So I probably should be transparent about that. Um, he's been giving up some home runs. So, you know, maybe jump the gun a little bit on Logan Gilbert. But I still do like the... The individual pieces, the the three different pitches that he he has, he's just he's got to put it together. Logan Gilbert has to figure out a way to to put it all together. If he does that, I think the breakout is imminent. After Logan Gilbert, Dansby Swanson, Nelson Cruz, and step right up, Mrs. Torkelson,
1: because you've got C.J. Crone. Ooh, ooh, and then another more interesting C.J. went right afterward. Ah, oh, C.J. Abrams. All right, a hundred and forty
0: third overall. You oh, guys man. can...
2: He's cool. playing a decent amount of uh, outfield in the in the spring training, hasn't he? Correct me if I'm wrong, but we
0: don't have official news on C.J. Abrams yet, right? They haven't named him to the opening
2: day roster? No, I oh, mean, they? El Paso's first game was today, I, I believe, and he wasn't on the roster, so... That's true.
0: Uh, all right, so uh, we wait on C.J. Abrams, but yeah, he's bouncing around. He's playing a little shortstop, some outfield. Uh, Scott, you are on the clock here. The end of... Round nine. Yeah,
1: so I was hoping to get one of Cruz or Crone, um, whoever made it to me, and neither of them did. And Abrams was pretty high on my list too. I'm gonna fill out my outfield, I think, here with. A I feel like we're good OPP guy when he's on, and certainly power. Jorge. There's Fule. a guy we're overlooking amid um, all this other talk. Is he an outfielder? No.
2: I'm thinking we need to make an addition to the profit pocket in the final few days of the draft. Oh, come on, Chris. Oh. We
0: can't make it six people deep. That's just too much.
2: <laughs> Can we? <laughs> maybe there. Maybe it should be. I know who you're talking about.
0: Oh, I think I know too. And I moved, but I'm not going to take him. I moved him way up the rankings
1: just maybe the other I day. Should, should I take him? I don't know. Should you sky nah. I'm not going to take him. I think I'm mentioned take Randall. you I'm going to take Randall Gritchick instead. So a couple outfielders here, Jorge Soler, Randall Gritchick. I got both of those new incoming Rockies hoping the Coors field boosts their stats. And uh, yeah, I got all but my utility spot filled here. Now only have those two pitchers that I took with my first two picks. So that's, getting a little concerned true. about that. That's the Chris tower strategy. <laughs> yeah. He's got the two and, uh, and now we wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You change the scoring on me. Everything goes topsy turvy. <laughs> Scott's going with hero SP.
0: <laughs> I like it. Uh and then the very next pick is Jake McGee. And Oh, well, that makes sense. I guess it shouldn't matter. Again, we're we're doing saves plus holds here. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, regardless, I think the ratio should be pretty strong. Strikeout should be there. The Giants still projected to be one of the best teams in baseball.
1: Um I'm so I'm still not feeling a lot of urgency at relief pitcher. Maybe I'll start too soon. But. It's so hard.
2: It's so hard to know because ca- closers are re- going later, but still relatively where they should. But like we haven't seen a non closer go yet, have we? I.
0: No. No, we haven't. But I'm and with. Scott, like, you, you would never guess this, but I'm with you. I just, I, I don't really feel like drafting a relief pitcher yet. There's just. There's going to be so many later on that like we're just not yeah. used to drafting
1: that. that well, are- and, and they're going to be ones emerging on waivers too. Who I mean, who was the who was the leader in holds last year? Luke Jackson, right? I, yeah, I think th- nobody was nobody was drafting Luke Jackson last year. Come on, I think
0: three Atlanta Braves were in the top ten or something. Like they had an, an absurd number of of holds last year. Uh, all right, I I didn't plan this, but I I guess I'm going to be the homer pick in our two listener leagues. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to wind up with Josh Donaldson on both teams. So, I needed a third baseman. He's the last, I, I guess, the last serviceable option that's here, at least in my eyes. I mean, there's still Cabrian Hayes, Juan Moncada, T.J. LeMayhew. It's, you know, no one that really stands out. Donaldson has to stay healthy, of course, but um, the StatCast numbers were awesome last year. I think he'll still hit for power. Uh, he still walks a decent amount, so I'm I'm fine with the pick here. I'm happy to get him. I still wish I got Matt Chapman, but alas, here we are. Uh, a couple other picks after Jake McGee went. Cabert Ruiz, Tommy Edmond, Hunter Renfro. I took Donaldson, and then Ty France was the next
1: pick. Have we mentioned Donaldson's... Maybe you just mentioned it, and I was staring at my rankings. He's supposed to bat leadoff for the Yankees. That's the plan?
0: We mentioned it on a podcast recently, but uh, yeah, he's he's been I mean, all,
1: batting leadoff in spring. Ultimately... Like, if Donaldson stays, stays healthy, he's going to be awesome. I don't think it really matters where he's batting. Mm-hmm. But that's a big if and not one I'm willing to bet on. Not that I'm saying it's a bad pick around 150. But just, like, that's, that's why, you know, even though the skill set and, and the, the lineup context looks great for him, it's not like Donaldson's a player I'm eager to draft.
0: Yep, fair enough. Uh, put Marcus Stroman in the Sandy Alcantara Discussion that same bucket who you worry about the wins with the Chicago Cubs But uh, I think if he pitches to the level we expect and we've seen he should give you a good amount of quality starts Brendan Rodgers goes Jake Cronenworth um, Chris you are on the clock and I apologize because I feel like you were making a a Point before about something and I I cut you off. Do you remember what you were gonna say? No, I don't remember (laughs) All right all right then, let's uh, let's let's check in on our buddy Andrew Skalicki here and see see how the offense is coming along. I think I clicked on the wrong team. Sure did. Uh, all right, so again, he used his first seven picks on pitchers, and then Reese Hoskins was his first hitter, then Dansby Swanson and Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I mean at this point you just gobble up all the like whatever stands out as a value in terms of a hitter. I mean that is likely the player that you're selecting.
1: So. Yeah, if you're taking a hitter, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, if you have got seven pitchers, Scott, I, I, I think he's probably taking a hitter.
1: Oh, right. Sorry, we we're yep. doing Andrew specifically. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yep. Okay. After Ty France, uh, no, a few others here. After Jake Cronenworth, that was the last name. Sonny Gray. We haven't talked about Sonny Gray. He's having, I think, a pretty strong spring. Or maybe it was only one start, but it was like a fantastic start with the Minnesota yeah, It was wins. really good. Yeah. So, he's a name. Look, when he's on, when he's healthy, we've seen you know top 20, top 15 starting pitcher seasons out of Sonny Gray. So, I, I don't want to discount that possibility. Chris, you are on the clock here. We're in round 10. Where are you going?
2: I'm going to go with the guy that I was hinting at when Scott was picking, but never said his name. I am going to take Spencer Torkelson if the draft room will let me. It is currently not letting me.
1: Let me see if I can give you a little... Nope, it worked.
2: Okay, there you go. No, it didn't. It's not Uh working. Uh Uh
1: Uh-oh. That's what they all Uh
2: say. Uh No reason I shouldn't be able to take him. Hmm.
1: Oh, yeah, everything's frozen for me, too. Yep. All right, we're having some technical difficulties. Boom to the moon. Uh, All right, well, let's talk about... Every podcast. Come on, guys. Let's talk about
0: Spencer Torkelson for now. He's been named to the opening day roster for... The uh, Detroit Tigers, I mentioned the other day, he only had four strikeouts in spring training. So you'd love to see that. Uh, He walks a ton. The power should be there. Prospect pedigree. Uh, Chris, you want to add him to the profit pocket?
2: Hmm. Yeah, I think he probably should go in that range, 130 to 150, which is about where we're taking those guys. His minor league numbers are perhaps less impressive than you might think, given that he's a bat-only uh, first base prospect and you look at it and it was like 881 at AAA, a 933 OPS at double a it's like yeah we are we stopping at a 933
1: OPS. well it's just really? it's
2: the kind of thing like it's not like it's Bobby Witten and Julio Rodriguez were better and they play pr- premium defensive positions and they're great base runners and so it's like well why does Spencer Torkelson deserve to be mentioned in that range and it's because like he was running isos near 300 and he walked Above thirteen percent of the time in both AA and AAA, as a twenty-one-year-old making his you know professional debut, he had never played professional baseball before. And the only thing holding him back was he had a two seventy-eight BABIP in twenty in AA and a two thirty-three in A. Maybe for some reason he will be a low BABIP guy. He does hit the ball in the air, but even last season he didn't really run alarming infield fly ball rates. He wasn't like. And an extreme Nolan Arenado type of fly ball hitter. So I think Spencer Torkelson was even better than the underlying numbers last season would make you think. And uh, yeah, I, I think he's pretty much going to hit the ground running and be yeah. like a borderline top 12 first baseman.
1: I, I think you have to keep in mind too. It was his first year of professional baseball yeah. and he, that's all he needed to get to the majors. So that that speaks to the talent level as well.
2: And just the, um, the fact that nobody thinks he's anything but a first baseman. I think the Tigers might have played him a little bit at third base. Um, yep, they did. But nobody actually thinks he's a third baseman. Everybody's pretty much in agreement that he's going to be a first baseman moving forward. So the fact that he's a unanimous top five prospect and was the consensus number one pick in the draft, like when that happens, the the amount of certainty that, People have in how good the bat is is really really high, and the the guys that you compare that to in in recent years would be Andrew Vaughn, which hasn't worked out yet, but Pete Alonzo, another first base only college bat um, that's worked out pretty well. Spencer Torkelson is arguably viewed as a better prospect than either of those guys. Actually, I think inarguably
1: in both cases. The the one thing I question is. Okay, we like Alex Kirilov a lot. We like Joe Adele a lot. I have a hard time moving Torkelson ahead of them, which putting, in the profit prop, put, putting him in the profit pocket would require me to do.
2: With Kirilov, I, I, I'm higher on Torkelson than Kirilov, but I, you like Kirilov especially. Adele I already have in like the 150 range, so I, I don't actually know if I would have to put him ahead of Adele. Um,
1: I, so, I think yeah. it's easier in a league like this because we're talking OBP instead of batting average for the yeah. millionth time. Kirilov is going to be... He might have a decent OBP, but it'll mostly be batting average. He doesn't walk a lot. And Adele... Well, I don't think walks are a big part of his skill set either. So like, if there's any format to do Torkelson over those guys, which is how this one's played out, obviously... Well, Adele's already gone.
2: Adele went. Oh, Adele the- went? Okay. One,
1: yeah. Sorry, I missed that. Mm-hmm. Fair enough.
0: Yeah, so I recently moved Torkelson up to my 17th ranked first baseman. Same spot as you, Scott. Uh, Chris, you have him up at 15. I, I guess it's just a courtesy ranking that I still have for DJ LeMayhew, Ryan Mountcastle, Jared Walsh. But theoretically, I could move Torkelson ahead of those names, too. I mean, they are names that I never look to draft, so
2: makes some sense. Yeah, and LeMahieu really looks like a bench player. He's going to be a bench player who plays a lot for the Yankees, but right. pretty much everything I'm seeing suggests that he's
1: going to be... He's not going to be a starter. You know, he, he might start. He's going to be Ben Zobristy. Yeah. yeah, Not in terms of production, necessarily, just in terms of role.
0: We're back to yeah. the level we were in year one, uh, Yankee year one with DJ LeMahieu, where he was going so late in drafts, we just didn't know how much he was going to play for the team. And obviously, he hit, and as a result, they had no choice but to play him. So, if he hits, if he looks healthy again, DJ LeMahieu will play. They'll find a way. They'll bench Josh Donaldson once per week. They'll bench Kyner Falefa a few times. They'll bench Glaber Torres. And, you know, players will move around and, and they'll get him in. But ultimately, it comes down to uh, how does DJ LeMahieu look? Is he healthy? Because he had uh, surgery in the offseason. I believe it was uh, a sports hernia surgery yes. for DJ LeMahieu.
1: All right. Well, we are—we're still trying here. Uh, looks like looks like I am back in. Okay. Do I have control. Yes, I do. So I'm going to back out Chris's pick. Ah,
0: I'm
2: back oh, in. No, I'm not. As it was well. Spencer
1: Torkelson. That's V one. Nope. Okay. So I'm just gonna. Uh, let me know. And he sure. my utility bat. And
2: why don't we take this opportunity to review our teams through uh, 10, 10, 10 rounds? Yeah. Sure. Yeah,
0: let's let's start with your team, Chris. You just selected uh, Spencer Torkelson as your utility bat. You've also got Yasmani Grandal, Joey Votto, then Stanton, Springer, and Joey Gallo, and then your going pitchers. to be very
2: strong in OBP <laughs> and the power categories, uh, stolen bases. Uh, how many would you project my team for right now? <laughs> if I set the over under at eighteen and a half with Grandal Votto. Stanton, Springer, Gallo, and Torkelson. Way you take under. the under on 18 and a half? Wait, I was going to say eight. Half, Ma- Gallo might take, <laughs> Gallo might steal six.
0: I, I mean, if you there's know? a way for someone to get you negative steals, I guess they can, <laughs> right? This is a net steals thing. Like, Yasmani Grandal will do that. He might be the slowest player in baseball, so <laughs> you do not have any steals. Uh, your yep. pitchers are Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, Eduardo Rodriguez, and Liam Hendricks. Uh, the draft is off and running, so we'll check back in on teams as we go. After uh, after Chris selected Torkelson, Joel uh, Moncada, and Michael Kopek. And Scott, Michael Kopek, I think, is someone who actually loses value in this format. I just don't know how often he's going to go six innings this season.
2: Or get saves
1: or holds. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, I agree. I mean, I don't think it's wrong to take him 158th overall, yeah. but I'm I'm less eager to take him when it's a quality start league, for sure. Uh, all right, and then we see
0: the newest Detroit Tiger, Austin Meadows, 159th overall, round ten. We mentioned yesterday when discussing the trade, he still walks quite a bit, uh, right around a 10% walk rate. But it came with a very low batting average last season. So he hit 234. As a result, his OBP was 315. Uh, with middling power, doesn't run. It's just hard to get excited about Austin Meadows. It's a little bit more excited. Uh, it's a little easier to get excited about these other picks that just happened Shane Boz finish out round 10, and Jacob DeGrom. So hmm. two pot- potential stash candidates. We have four IL spots in this league. Uh, and mm-hmm. Jacob Degrom, I believe, has gone ahead of
1: yep the I'm other gone ahead his, of Lanslin, yeah, yeah, the other For Sale, s- and Jack Flaherty, yeah,
0: yeah. He's the first of the um, injured starting pitchers. I, I think you know Castillo well, is in that conversation Boz to start too. Is the,
1: Boz is technically the first, and yeah, you were saying Castillo; he's going to be injured at the start of the year, but probably just miss a couple weeks as opposed to a couple months. That's true.
2: I'm not. I've had a lot wrong, of trouble. T- Figuring out how to rank those guys, though. Like, just relative to one another. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. I've had trouble.
0: Yeah. I th- I think I still actually, yeah. So, no, let me pull up my rankings So, I went room.
2: with, and I, I think this is different than what Scott said the other day on the pod, but I went with Lynn, DeGrom, Castillo, Clevenger, Sale, Flaherty.
0: I think I still have Castillo the highest, just because I think he'll be back the soonest. Mm. Not that I mean I'm yeah. not I'm not excited to draft Castillo at all, but right
1: uh, back the soonest, but yeah. arguably the worst. Yeah, they that's, were expecting him to be the worst.
0: That's fair. Uh, so I've got a Castillo, Sale, Lynn, Degrom, Flaherty, and then I move Clevenger just behind Flaherty.
1: So I had Chris Sale the highest, but that was when they were talking about him being back in May still, and then they put him on the sixty day IL. Uh, so I think. I think I need to at least have Lynn, Lance Lynn, ahead of him. Um, That that timeline seems the clearest to me because it's a Mm -hmm. knee as opposed to something on the arm surgery. And they said they expect him to throw off a mound in four weeks, like that. They gave such a clear expectation of what they're looking for from Lance Lynn. So I'm, I think he's probably the highest of the injured arms for me. All right. Sale and Flaherty and Degrom are, are trickier for sure.
0: After Jacob Grom went, we see Cal Quantrill, Chris Taylor, Ian Anderson, Chris selected Alex Cobb, uh, and then Anthony DeScofani. so we've got a a Giants run, and Lourdes Gurriel, who will be the most valuable Blue Jays hitter this season, according to my bold predictions. When did (laughs) Brendan Rodgers get taken? I believe it was last round. Mm, Uh, Yes. That's
2: frustrating.
0: The middle of round 10. Okay. (sighs) Cause he is someone that would fit the, uh, punt steals strategy quite well, Chris.
2: <laughs> I mean, look last spring, he said he wanted to steal 20 bases. I think he only came up 20 short. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he had so. as many seals as, uh, you and me combined, Chris. So
2: speaking which of which, bad for us. Speaking of which you, uh, you started your softball league the other day, right? Oh yeah, I did. I mm-hmm. did had, had a decent game. well, no, not as a pitcher. Gave up 10 runs in two innings as a pitcher. Oh, geez. Um, but, you know, made a nice you running catch when I moved to right field on defense. That's got to go. Um, and went two for three with an RBI, hit a double off the wall. It's a, it's a weird, we're playing at Long Island University's Brooklyn campus, and it's got like a, a short fence in left field, maybe like 210 feet out. But I hit a double about 15 feet off the wall. So felt feel pretty good about that one. Uh, got, got into that one. Mm. So, you know, it's good. Few things LIU
0: Blackbirds, by the way, rival school of my alma mater, Saint Francis College, Brooklyn, the
2: Terriers. So I think they're the Sharks now.
0: Oh, they're they're not the Blackbirds anymore?
2: I think they're the Sharks.
0: Okay. Um let what happened here? Uh, Luis Castillo, Zach Gallon, Yuli Guriel, and I am on the clock. Uh, there was a player that I was debating last
2: round Wait, who is still sorry. here. Fake news. What the happened? Brooklyn LIU university is the Sharks. Hmm. The main LIU is the Blackbirds. You are correct.
0: Ah, got it. All right. So I was going to do something different, but I'm I feel like I feel like as a yeah, result... He, he lasted way too long. As a result of us getting excited about other prospects, Jared mm-hmm. Kelnick is someone who is uh-huh. falling down to boards now. So Julio moving way up, right around pick 100. Uh, Joe Adele moving up. He's already gone. I just got Jared Kelnick in the middle of round 11. Pick 171 yeah. overall. Uh, the spring has kind of been a mixed bag here. I think he's still going to probably strike out quite a bit. But, um, you know, if, if he hits his potential, we could be talking... 2020, 25 homers, 20 steals, if it all works out. So, yeah, I was between
2: uh, Torkelson and, and Kellenick with my last pick. And I ultimately, I just think they either one would have been my utility. And I just figure Torkelson probably fits better with a punt steal strategy just because I, I do think he's going to be a better hitter right away. So, that's that was the, the reason I went that way. But
1: th- this might be the first draft ever where. Julio Rodriguez, Joe Adele, and Spencer Torkelson all went ahead of Jared Kelnick. I was just writing in our bold predictions piece that's out now on CBSports.com about how Jared Kelnick just kind of, for no objective reason, being drafted so far ahead of those guys. It kind of reminds me of couple years ago, Luis Robert going well ahead of Kyle Mm -hmm. Tucker. Kyle Tucker, How we talked about it at the time, Kyle Tucker might be just as good as Luis Robert. Obviously, Tucker's been the better one to have since then, as good as Robert has been. Kind of reminds me of that. Specifically, Kelnick versus Joe Adele.
0: All right. A few picks happened after I selected Kelnick. Robbie Grossman, he's going to walk a bunch. So... That that is a that is really a fantastic pick. So, uh, yeah, the OBP should be good. He could potentially go twenty twenty. He did it last season. After that, Carlos Carrasco went. Alex Kiriloff, Jared Walsh, and uh, Scott. That's
2: another place that you see the the influence of this being a listener league. Jared Walsh going yeah oh. so late and so far behind so many of the other first basemen.
0: Yeah, one hundred and seventy a uh, one hundred seventy fifth overall. There, uh, we're you know. I guess, expert leagues or, or mock drafts that we did with other industry folk where uh, Jared Walsh would typically go ahead uh, of some of the profit, oh, yeah. profit pockets still. Uh, and then, uh, Scott, you you double-tap starting pitcher again. So you do it in rounds one and two. You do it in rounds 11 and 12.
1: <laughs> Those are my pitchers. Yeah, I goes Noah Sindergaard and Jesus Lazardo here. Lizardo... I'm going a little ahead of my rankings to get him because I keep not getting him and I like him. I I have him as a breakout candidate for this season. So, mm-hmm. um, so I'll go for the upside play there, even though I'm skipping ahead a few spots in my rankings. Center guard of of the, the three who are returning, non-Justin Verlander division, the three big names returning from Tommy John surgery. He's looked the best this spring. The velocity has been down, but the secondaries have been getting a ton of whiffs and, uh, and, and I think I read the Angels aren't really putting any limitations on him either. Now, they do have a six-man rotation because of Otani, but a lot of teams are going six-man to start the year. So I'm not, I'm not so concerned about that.
2: Would you guys like to know my... We did three bold predictions on the podcast, and then I asked uh, for one bold prediction that we really believe in addition to those three for the piece that's going up on the site on Wednesday morning. Would you like to know my one that I really believe that I didn't mention on the podcast yesterday. Yes. I wanted to save it. Yes. Go for it. The, the Marlins lead the the majors in starting pitcher ERA. Definitely see it. Yeah. They finished 10th last year. They were sixth in the first half. And I the thing that gets me so excited about them, the depth is ridiculous. Like, they've got Max Meyer and Edward Cabrera in AAA. And I just realized Yuri Perez, 18 years old is starting at double a this season. And he's kind of the next one up that everybody thinks is going to make a, I mean, he was
1: amazing as a, you know, first year as an 18 year old. Yeah. I know uh, baseball America has him as the Marlins number one prospect. Yep. I don't think they should. I think Max, uh,
2: Max uh, Meyer and, and Edward Cabrera just being closer, but yeah, yeah. Yuri Perez, six foot eight, very much in the Sandy Alcantara mold. Um, yeah, that, that team, he could be three good months away from being in the in the discussion
1: too you now. You know, we didn't do, I, I don't know if we're going to do it on tomorrow's show, but in our bold prediction show, we didn't do like division winners, award winners, that kind yeah, of mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, we'll do that tomorrow's <laughs> cup. Um, but I almost, three wild cards in each league now. I almost had the Marlins making it. I almost did. I gave it serious thought. They were probably my eighth NL team. Um, and obviously sixth Six playoff spots to fill, so that that pitching and like you look at their lineup, you don't have to squint that hard to see it being a respectable lineup. Like if if they get the best case scenario from enough of their hitters, it's going to be respectable.
2: If they're like the tenth best offense in the National League, they could probably be a playoff
1: team. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's. That's not crazy. not crazy. I just
1: don't think they will be the 10th best offense right. in the National Yeah, League. I mean, it's, it, it's asking a lot to go right, but there, are, there are, there's enough hitting upside in their lineup that it's at least possible, unlike last year.
0: Uh, all right, let's catch people up. After Scott selected Jesus Lozardo, Steven Matz, Corey Knebel, uh, Lou Trevino, Adam Duval, I selected Lance Lynn. I, I think he's kind of just sliding a little bit too far here. We have four IL spots, and... Uh, he's my fourth starting pitcher, so I'm willing to take so, the shot at this point.
1: I, I want to comment on Lou Trevino because I feel like that's the reliever. That's the sort of reliever who should get pushed down quite a bit in a saves plus hold league because the ratios aren't very good. The mm-hmm. saves total is probably not going to be high anyway for what could be a last place team. Uh, Andrew Kittredge, who went a couple of picks later, you hadn't quite gotten to him yet. And reading off the names. Frank, but I think I, I like that pick a lot more for this format than Lou Trevino, even though it might be close between the two in a standard league. I guess yeah. they'll take Kittredge, but it might be closer.
0: A few strong reliever picks actually. Uh, after I took Lance Lynn, Miles Straw, look, if you need 30 plus deals and a solid OBP at this point, that is a fine pick. Uh, then Alejandro Kirk, he was part of Scott's bold predictions yesterday. Nate Lowe, Blake Trinan. Great. In saves plus holds, his ratios were Mm -hmm. awesome last year. Lots of strikeouts. He plays on one of the best teams in baseball. Uh, So that's a great pick, followed up by Andrew Kittredge. Chris selects Gavin Lux, and then Mike Clevenger and Ryan Mountcastle. Uh, I know you needed infield, Chris, so Gavin Lux, likely a starter for you, right?
2: Yeah, he'll be my starter at either second base or shortstop, but the... I have second base shortstop and third base still all open. Now I have a second baseman or a shortstop. So, yeah, I needed to fill those, and I don't love it. I'm not a huge Gavin Lux fan, but I don't know. It's an upside play at a point in draft where there isn't much at at any of those positions. So it is what it is. I, I probably could have waited. I'm not happy about it.
0: Well, what do you think about clearly you just made the decision but a few picks later we just saw brandon crawford go so
2: so i made the decision that gavin lux was more likely to be drafted than brandon crawford between my next two picks gotcha. so that is frustrating because i do think brandon crawford's a better player yeah brandon so crawford. I'm, I'm not happy about that Turn of events. Chris has
1: been tilted in this draft. <laughs> yeah, a little uh, bit. A little bit.
2: Brandon
0: Crawford, just that kind of random mid career breakout. I mean, even more than mid career. It's kind of late career breakout for him, but he did some interesting things last year. Made more contacts, well, the barrel rate, put the ball in the air. The Giants just they find a way to get the most out of their
2: players, Chris. Really good piece on baseball prospectus today, talking about how they've kind of one of the things that they've done as an organization is tried to play matchups, but not so much like lefty-righty as much as um, like swing path versus starting pitcher style and trying to match it, like find the right matchups. They're going a little deeper than that. Um, But yeah, the, the thing with Brandon Crawford is that the breakout kind of started in 2020. His underlying numbers were much better in 2020 than they had been before. And then it led to big production in 2021. So that's part of why I'm more willing to buy into that. Um, oh, man. Okay, there is another team that does need a shortstop. So I'm going to go ahead and reach again. And not happy about having to do either of these, but whatever. I'm going to take Jeremy Pena here. Ooh, Not happy about starting Jeremy Pena and Gavin Lux, even in the 16-team league.
1: But it is what it is. Now, just give thought to Bryson Stott instead of Jeremy Peña. Yes, but for me,
2: the fact that one Peña's defense and the fact that he's playing at his natural position should keep him in the lineup more. And just two, Stott is a lefty. Um, he's playing out of position. He's got competition for his role. If Alec Bohm can hit, that'll you know that'll hurt him. Um, and so I just I think Peña's a little more likely to stick. Yeah. So th- that's the thought process there.
0: Uh all right. Uh Jeremy Peña by the way. The of the bold predictions that we um that we didn't give out on yesterday's podcast that will be published on the site. I had Jeremy Peña finishing as one of the top 3 hitters in terms of fantasy value in the Astros lineup this season.
2: Yeah, a lot so- of it depends he he had never really hit for much power in the minors and then last season in 37 games, 30 games at AAA, he had 10 home runs. And that was after coming back from a wrist injury. So was it just a small sample size fluke? That's one that I wish we had um, you know, some good stack data to look at and see if he was hitting the ball with more authority. But yeah, it's like with Gavin Lux, there just wasn't a lot of upside left. And he does have two home runs in eight spring games so far. So fingers crossed.
0: Yeah, so I mean, for that bold prediction to come through, you figure Tucker and Jordan, Jordan Alvarez um, are are probably the top two hitters. You know, Pena would have to outproduce Jose Altuve and Yuli Gurriel. It's again, it's it's pretty bold, but um, I like what we've seen so far in the spring. Robinson Cano says he's going to be a superstar. So if Robinson Cano says you it, go. you've got to believe it. Uh, what else has happened after Chris selected Pena? Aaron Savali. Uh, Strong pick in a quality starts league. Scott Barlow, mm-hmm. Anthony Rizzo, Devin Williams. He's, I feel there were a few other uh, non-closer types drafted already. Blake Trinan I mentioned last round, but uh, yeah, Devin Williams should be awesome. Arguably uh, yeah. the
1: best. Yeah. yeah.
0: Kyle Gibson goes, and that this is a pitcher I've been considering for the past uh, three, four rounds. Uh, I'm going to go gonna ahead be? and take Taylor Rogers. Yeah. Who... Okay. As we yeah. mentioned on uh, yesterday's podcast, we were going through each bullpen. I think he's going to be the closer, but even if he's not, you know, if he is if he comes out in the 7th or 8th for a lefty matchup, his ratios and strikeouts are really really good. So, uh, especially here where you don't care as much about saves, I think Taylor Rogers is awesome. Probably like I a top think 10. He was th-
2: actually top 10 in saves plus holds last season cuz I think he had like 10 like 9 to 10 uh, holds in addition to whatever, 28 saves or whatever he had. Yep. Very happy
0: to get Taylor Rogers here in uh, round 13. Eduardo Escobar goes, Matt Barnes. We're coming up on your pick, Scotty. Let's take oh a look boy. at the team. I know last time you double-tapped starting pitcher. And here's what you got. Dalton Varsho, Pete Alonso, Max Muncie, Adalberto Mondesi, Javier Baez, Randall Grichuk, Jorge Soler, Chris Bryant. And then your four pitchers, Max Scherzer, uh, Brandon Woodruff, Noah Syndergaard, and Jesus Lozardo. You are not kidding, Scott. I mean, this does not look like a Scott White team at all (laughs) that I've seen like the entire offseason.
1: Yeah, it doesn't. I, I think of my eight hitters that I've drafted there, the only ones I draft repeatedly are Dalton Varsho and Jorge Soler. So the rest are all pretty unfamiliar to me. Honestly, this is much more of a Chris Towers team. <laughs> yeah, <so maybe> this <laughs> That's a Chris lot of, like, I really
2: like Randall Gritchick, Max Muncy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is... Should have taken him. Yeah. <laughs> not sure if I like your team more than mine. Oh, boy. I might. I, th-
1: I think I'm going to draft a... I think. I haven't quite decided. I'm on the clock. Uh, so I need to decide quickly. I think I'm going to draft a couple stashes here. I don't have any stashes yet. Everybody is expected to contribute immediately. Uh, The first one I'm going to draft is Chris Sale. He's the last. That's fine. He's the last of the injured starting pitchers. Jack Flaherty, Lance Lynn, Jacob DeGrom are all gone. Clevenger's
2: gone as well.
1: Clevenger's gone as well. Yep. Uh, Though he's not expected to miss as much time as these others. And I need, you know, I want an impact starter for down the line. He's expected to start throwing next week. So hopefully he'll be ready to go as soon as that 60 day timetable is done. And then the other stash I'm gonna draft is O'Neill Cruz, who ah. a couple of weeks ago was going much, 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 much earlier than this. And that'll be another big power bat. Whenever he does arrive, it'll give me some Max Muncy insurance because I could slide by as over to second base if Muncie doesn't end up doing it doesn't end up sticking around because of his elbow. I'm unhappy. You know?
0: I like it. You know, Chris, when you were talking up your pick, you
1: were <laughs> I thought you were going to go with O'Neal Cruz. You were like, ah, you know, maybe it's a little early. Um, I thought so, too, and I just queued up O'Neal Cruz. But I think he was thinking, you know, obviously he needs present at bats at shortstop. S-
0: yep.
2: And this is, this is why feeling like you have to take a player or have to take a position is not a good place to be in because... I definitely passed up on players that I think are just much better than Gavin Lux and Jeremy Pena uh, in order to feel like I wasn't, you know, going to be completely left out of those positions. And it's not like I feel so good about Jeremy Pena and Gavin Lux that I'm yeah, I, I, I have some regrets guys.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. I am going to I'm thinking about a, pitcher here. Uh all right, yeah, let's do it. Uh one of my draft rules, I want to try to leave every draft with one San Francisco Giants pitcher. And so I will draft the last remaining of their rotation and that is
1: Alex Wood. Here in he round quite a bit later than the others. What's up, Scott? You went quite a bit later than the others.
0: Yeah, I think uh Cobb and De I think they went in round eleven.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know Chris selected Cobb,
0: so uh, yeah, I, I don't. I have them ranked very closely together. I don't think there's a huge difference between any of them. So yeah, if I'm getting Wood three rounds later, I'm I'm happy to do so. Uh, after Alex Wood goes, Joe Ryan, who Chris remind us who is,
2: who is Joe Ryan with a mustache? Uh, he is Marco Estrada with a mustache. Okay, potentially. <laughs> And, I'm just saying we've never seen them in the same place at the same time. Right. He also has a huge head of hair. I don't think Estrada has one of those either. No, it, it's definitely like a, an outfit. It's a disguise. <laughs> right. Uh, after Joe Ryan, Ryan McMahon goes off the board as well. You know, us a, a draft has gone sideways, when I'm tilting over not getting Ryan McMahon in the in the 14th round,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you hate Ryan McMahon. That's that's absolutely true. Oh uh, right. boy, would
2: he be your starting third baseman, Chris? Is that what we're looking baseman, at? Third baseman, yeah, okay. or or an option at second. Okay. Just bad, bad, bad stuff all around for your guy, Chris.
0: After Ryan McMahon, Michael Conforto, who remains a free agent, apparently messed up his shoulder a little bit back in January, so he's uh, he's working his way back. I think you know maybe if we get an injury early in the season somewhere, you know, someone loses an outfielder, we'll we'll see Michael Conforto sign. Um, Zach Ranky, John Means, and then Chris—that was the other player that I was thinking about taking—and that is Paul Sewald in round fourteen. Again, saves plus holds. Ton of strikeouts last year. He has this wicked slider, um, and it really doesn't matter what his role is. And he could save games uh, out of the gate because
2: yeah. you know Ken Giles he had eleven last year. Ken Giles, I think he was like top injury. fifteen and saved plus holds last season.
1: Yeah, I I wouldn't doubt it. And he'll be he'll be in that leverage spot at the start when mm-hmm. I don't think he was last season. Yeah, after uh, after Devin Williams, I would say Paul Seawald is my favorite non-closer. I although I would also say like Drew Steckenrider for the Mariners is
2: v- in a very similar spot. And you know, he's yeah. not gonna get the strikeouts. Not near the strikeouts, yeah. yeah. His uh his ratios have been quite good overall.
0: Yeah, huge discrepancy in strikeouts there, but the ratios were were very good for for Drew Steckenrider. Uh Glaber Torres goes two hundred and twenty-first overall. I know that we've all basically, you know, written Gleber Torres off. Oh, that's he, a good
2: OBP league pickup, especially.
0: He uh he is having a strong spring here, so I just want to point out he's gone.
2: I mean, he's he still fourteen bases and had like a 340 OBP last year. Like that's that's not a bad pick at all.
0: He is ten for thirty four in the spring, three homers, one steal. Uh, yeah, he kind of had that Jose Ramirez thing going on last season, Chris. Where remember when Ramirez he had that like year long stretch where he mm-hmm. was struggling mightily. He was actually running more. Because I, I guess yeah. he felt that was the only way he can help his team contribute. So uh, instead of hitting home runs, you know, Glaber Torres basically did the same thing last year. He was just stealing a bunch of bases. Um, but mm-hmm. maybe if he bounces back, it looks something like 20 homers, 8 to 10 steals, which is a decent player. It's you know it's not nothing. Um, we'll see, man. Glaber Torres yeah. is one of and the hardest players to figure out right now.
2: And there's room for him to bounce back, even if it's not like a 35 homer guy. But if, he, if he's a 24 homer guy and he steals 10 bases and he has a 340 to 350 OBP like that's going to be a valuable player in this format
0: yep uh, after Gleyber Torres Kid Brian Hayes there is some question about whether Hayes will be ready for opening day I know he's dealing with an ankle injury right now um Honestly, for all of Scott's Adam Wainwright shares, <laughs> he's probably hoping for Cabrian Hayes not to be in the lineup. But man, that, that Pirates lineup is just so bad. <laughs> it will get progressively worse if Cabrian Hayes is not in it on opening
1: day. I don't day. remember Wainwright going. Okay, he went round six. Yeah. He he, went, he must have gone so much earlier than he normally mm-hmm, does that I never right. even had a chance to think about drafting him. Because that's probably yep. my most drafted player this year.
0: Yeah. In terms of yeah quality starts, he excels in this format. Adam Wainwright... Yeah. 22 quality well, starts last season. That was fourth most in baseball behind only thing, Walker Bueller, Robbie Ray, Sandy Alcantara.
1: The thing is, if if he's as good as he was last year, and frankly in 2020 as well, he'll excel in all yeah. four bats. But yeah, I mean, maybe maybe slightly more so in quality starts leagues. But look, he, I mean, as deep as he pitches into games on a team that might make the playoffs, like wins are, he's just as much of a standout in wins probably.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Hyanjin Ryu and Abvisa Garcia to finish out round 14. the first pick of round 15 is Herman Marquez, and Marquez goes deep into he goes deep into his starts. I think the hardest part for him will be keeping opposing teams under I mean to three runs or less basically for for the quality start. Uh, he'll, he'll give you six quite often, but keeping runs off the board that's that's the bigger concern for uh, for Marquez there. after he goes, Marco Gonzalez. And Jose Urquidy.
1: I wanted to mention last round toward the end, it kind of got swallowed up by the Paul Seawald pick. But right before that, John Means went. And like the worst thing about John Means is that he pitches for the Orioles. But if it's not a wins league, that doesn't matter anymore. So that might be one of the pitchers who moves up the most in this quality starts format. Because, you know, he's so efficient. He's going to, he's going to, if he stays healthy, he's going to pitch deep into games. And I think yeah. the ERA is going to be low and, and as a fly ball pitcher in what's now a very big park. So, yeah, I think that was a good pick. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
0: Chris, I've got to say, you are crushing here with the uh with the saves plus holds relievers. You took Paul Sewald last round, and then you just picked up David Bednar as well. You know, the Pirates, how many games will they win? But I I just think the ERA, the whip, and the strikeouts for Bednar are going to be fantastic.
2: Yeah, and, and look, I mean, the games where they are leading late, he'll be in them, and that will be somewhere north of sixty, I would bet. Um Yeah, maybe they might have a lead late in this in seventy games this season. So he'll have hold opportunities. They don't have to win to get a hold, if I remember, if I understand the rule correctly, right? You can get a hold in an eventual loss, right?
1: I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just as long as you do your part to preserve the lead. Yeah. So so. there you go. We we don't even know how holds work. We're not used to (laughs) (laughs) playing.
2: Will Smith was a very good pick just now. I I considered him. Yeah, that's well. a good one.
1: Yeah, I, I
0: mentioned there were, I think, three Braves relievers in the top 10 in holds last season. They just um, they had a lot of leads. They won a lot of games. So now Will Smith slides into that eighth inning role. Uh, a couple other picks that went, Joe Barlow, Alex Verdugo, Lance McCullers, Trent Grisham, and the aforementioned Will Smith. Uh, I think I'm going to join Scott in going bizarro draft here. Oh. I don't ever. None of us take Tyler Stevenson, but oh. it's pick two thirty five. Yeah, that's. Uh, and I don't have a catcher, yeah. so I'm going to take Tyler Stevenson, who has a exactly ten point two percent walk rate in his one hundred and forty career games. Uh, yeah, nothing hit, wrong with that. He hit for a good batting average last season. Three sixty six OBP. You know what? What's the in game power like? You know, mid-teens home runs, maybe fifteen, but he's going to play a lot. Yeah, Ca- counting stats should be okay. It's so. a good pick, Frank. It's a good pick. Yeah, I don't know why I feel the need. I think I'm just trying to talk myself <laughs> into it because I just never take Tyler Stevenson. So
1: yeah, no, I'm, I hear you. I'm trying to make myself no, feel better about it's, it. Um, there's another catcher who's still on the board. That yeah, it's. I just- wonder if Scott and I are thinking the same guy. It's just confused to me why nobody's had interest in him. Like I felt bad in that main event draft I did because we took we took Alejandro Kirk around pick two hundred, who I like a lot and who went. Are
2: lot we lot talking about the guys. guy who hit the second most home runs catcher last season? No. Okay, because no. he's slightly think, less terrible in OBP than he is in regular
1: formats. You're talking about Gary Sanchez. I'm talking no, about no. like Zunino. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I, yeah, Zunino yeah, is, is, is right. actually yeah.
0: is better in OBP. Yep, that's right.
1: Who I was talking about was Joey Bart. I don't know yeah. why there isn't more enthusiasm for Joey Bart, who's top prospect, former number three overall pick, has had a great spring. Nobody blocking him in San Francisco. I'm just yeah. a little surprised that he he tends to go like around pick 300 sometimes.
2: I just the problem is the hit tool has taken such a hit the last couple of seasons, or at least has been so bad. He struck out yeah, so I'd, much. Um, yes. But in a two catcher league, he's definitely. I've drafted him a a bunch in two catcher leagues.
1: It hasn't tanked his prospect stock. He's he's moved down some of the prospect rankings, but like he's still considered a top prospect. And it's the sort of thing where he's gotten so little experience in the minors that I don't think we really know what the upside is for Joey Bart. I have questions about the hit tool. I think that's fair, but catcher. But the power looks really, really good. And and like, what kind of? Anytime you can find upside at catcher. Up yeah. the combination of upside and opportunity, yeah. Like I'd rather do,
2: I'd rather have him than Elias Diaz, yeah. You know, or or someone like that. There's there's a lot of like boring catchers who are being drafted ahead of him in a lot of leagues. That like I'd rather take the chance on Joey Bart that he turns into something. You know, mm-hmm. Chris, don't sleep on my
0: guy Elias Diaz, man. He was really good last year. He, he I mean. And and he by really good, homers. I mean like you know really good in in the most second catcher
2: esque
0: way. Yeah, like fantasy. that's
2: that's the thing is like your second catcher you're hoping hits two fifty with fifteen home runs. Joey Bart might only do that. He might hit two hundred, but he could hit two fifty with twenty five home runs. That's not out of the question. That is fair. Yep. <sighs>
1: Who uh, should I take?
2: All right,
0: let's let's catch people up. Got some uh, picks going on. I selected. Take okay.
1: Uh. Sorry, I was thinking through that.
0: (laughs) We'll get to your picks here, Scotty. Uh, I selected Tyler Stevenson, then AJ Pollock, Steven Strasburg, who I saw today. I believe he's going to either do some live batting practice or pitch in a simulated game coming up, so some positive Mm -hmm. news. Mark Melanson, who I think actually should be devalued in this format. You want to draft for ratios and uh, relievers on good teams. I I don't know if Mark
1: Melanson gives you either of those. Darren Ruff, he has been devalued in this format for what it's worth. Going yeah, yeah, through forty. But he, I I think it could stand to be even more.
0: Right uh, after Melanson, we see Darren Ruff, and then Scott. You double tap pitcher once again. John Gray and Tony Gonsolin.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I I was especially excited to make the John Gray pick because I feel like the the challenge at drafting starting pitchers now is you have to they have to be ones you can trust to go 6 plus innings with some regularity. Uh, so while there's a lot of young exciting starting pitchers, not a lot, but there are some young exciting starting pitchers out there that I might prioritize in other formats and a quality start one. I'd rather have gray who has a quite a bit of upside himself. He has we we, we hoped he would develop a new pitch coming out of Colorado because he kind of had to simplify his arsenal there since the thin air robs pitches of their movement, and it seems like he has. It's it's another version of a slider, but it's that s- sweeper type of slider that's gaining traction in, across the majors. It, a lot more like horizontal movement, and it's responsible for like almost all of his strikeouts this spring. He's been having a lot of success with it, and it's I I, I suspect since it relies so much on movement, it's not a pitch he could have gotten away with throwing in Colorado. So I'm I'm still very hopeful of. Uh, a big step forward for John Gray, since we're already seeing, seeing him experiment with that arsenal.
0: All right, and I am trying to make my pick. Will it work? Uh-oh. Don't say we're broken again. Ah, I got it. No, it worked. All right, I got my my guy, Tristan McKenzie. Good pick. Uh, Scott, I think some of what you're talking about, I don't know how often Tristan is going to go six innings or give me quality starts, but... You know, if he breaks out the way that I, I think he can, kind of like in a Freddie Peralta way from last year. Like, if he just progresses as a pitcher, then maybe in turn he, he gives you quality starts as a result. But I am skeptical. Uh, catch you up on a few other picks here. We are in round 16. Scott's like the Tony Gonsolin. Then Mackenzie Gore, Colton Wong, uh, Gary Sanchez, Mike Zanino. I took Mackenzie. And then Isaiah Kiner-Falefa and Gregory Soto. Both
1: I wanted to board. mention the Darren Ruff pick right before I double tap pitcher there. That is somebody I like for this format because he, he gives you the big power I want in every lineup spot. And he's good OBP source. So, it, you know, there's a question of how much he'll play. The Giants love playing matchups unlike any other team. But they're not completely healthy right now either. So that that opens the door, I think, for more playing time for Darren Ruff. I, I just, I, I kind of hope to get him like at an extreme discount. And so I wasn't quite ready, but I was like a round or two away from being ready to take Darren Ruff.
0: Yeah. And Darren Ruff is one of those where I can't believe I'm saying this about like a 35 year old who is, you know, he came back from, I think it was either Korea or or Japan. He kind of reinvented himself, but you kind of just draft the skills and you hope that the playing time works out for, for Darren Ruff. Um, because he was good last year. And it wasn't just against lefties. Like He was awesome against lefties, but he was pretty good against right-handed pitching as well.
1: well was it against pitchers who throw balls that sink or who throw balls that elevate? And is his swing plane capable of taking <laughs> I'm just going back to what Chris was saying about the way <laughs> the Giants set their lineups last year.
0: I It's, it's, it's a fair it question. It
1: makes you wonder. I mean... <laughs> Didn't seem like there was much rhyme or reason for the way they said it at times, but evidently there was.
0: After Gregory Soto went uh, Charlie Blackman, then Joey Bart, Jesus Sanchez, Chris selected Zach Plisak, and uh, then Trevor Bauer goes. So, Chris Plisak at pick 252, he was, you know, in some drafts a, a top 75 pick last year. And if nothing else, you know, he will go deep into his starts.
2: Yeah, I've got a a lot of Zach Please this year, actually. Um, because I don't think the the skills have totally evaporated. You know, the, the problem with him as a top seventy-five pick for me last year was just I didn't think the stuff was as good as uh it needed to be to justify that. And he needed he had a very thin margin for error, but he is someone who even last year almost averaged six innings per start. I'm I'm looking at it, I think he was Six innings per start on twenty five starts would have been 145 innings, I believe. He ended up with 142.2. Mm-hmm. So even with a four, six, seven ERA, he almost averaged six innings per start. So, you know, if he can be more like a high threes ERA guy, Zach I could get a, a lot of quality starts.
0: Yeah. Why not? Zach Pleasak. It's it's round sixteen again. Uh after Pleasak, Trevor Bauer, Andrew Benintendi, Tarek Skubal, and Dylan Floro to finish it out. And the first pick of round 17 is Tanner Houck. Tanner Houck, by the way, in his um, final spring training start, he did go six innings. So, it inspires a little bit of confidence that you know, does. if he pitches efficiently, then they'll let him go a little bit.
1: That was one of the young pitchers I was talking about where you like the upside and maybe in a different format, oh, yeah. you'd be more likely to go for it. But, like, the... They're going keeping pace in that quality starts category because more quality starts happen than wins, obviously. So you can't you can't rely as much on the random distribution like you do with wins. You, you, yeah. know, you really need to actually be intentional about drafting pitchers who can deliver quality starts. I'm not saying Tanner Houck's a bad pick. I mean, obviously, he could take a step forward and become somebody who contributes them with enough regularity. But the threshold, like that. It's a, it's, a, it's a more difficult standard to meet than, than what you're normally looking for in an upside play, a pitcher.
0: All right. Uh, after Tanner Houck, Eric Lauer, Corey Kluber. Uh, Kluber, I believe, on Tuesday's final spring outing, he also went uh, six innings against the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Michael Brantley next up. And Chris, you are back on the clock. Let's
2: take a look at what you've got going on. You, you okay, still so, need a third baseman. <laughs> so everybody's got a third baseman and everybody's got a utility. So I'm in that spot where it's like, how much longer can I let this go? Um, and I think I'm going to, I'm just going to draft a Eugenio Suarez. Okay. And hope that there's any kind of bounce back whatsoever even to just like a 315 on-base percentage. If he can give me that, I will live with that because I've got plenty of OBP otherwise, and he'll still probably hit 30 homers.
0: Yeah, he was someone I kind of liked early in the offseason as a potential bounce back. He had a monster September. Uh, Obviously, liked him a lot more in Cincinnati. Mariners, better lineup. Not as great of a ballpark, uh, so it's... Yeah, you know, don't love the park
1: shift, for sure.
0: A little bit of a trade-off there. Uh, and speaking of the Mariners, the very next pick was Matt Brash.
1: That was specifically the young upside arm I was considering instead. That of That was the other guy I was considering. <laughs> Honestly, Gray, John Gray wasn't a choice to me. It was between Gonsolin and, and Brash. Gonsolin, of course, may have his own trouble pitching deep into games. Um... I don't know. That was a very close call. I think it ultimately came down to I I think the Mariners are gonna have to be careful with Brash's innings in a way the Dodgers may or may not be with Gonsolin. And of yeah. course Gonsolin, I mean you just look at his career numbers, like that that that'll play, you know. Brash has more to prove. But I do think Brash's upside is higher.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Uh after Matt Brash, Andrew Vaughan, Markana. And Mitch Keller, I am on deck here. And I'm looking at an outfielder that I want to select. And it is not Mikey Stremski who just went one pick before me. So I'm going to take Tommy Pham, who has been batting third in spring the past week or so with the Cincinnati Reds. Not a great lineup, that's good. but you that's know, a good pick. if he's yeah. if he's batting third, just ahead of Joey Votto, you know, maybe he can High give OVP. you twenty homers, fifteen steals, good OBP. He's got to stay healthy. It's that's been a huge struggle. But Tommy Fan,
1: One of those picks are good.
0: Fun player. Uh, after Tommy Fan, my man, Connor Joe. Hey, Connor Joe goes off the yeah. board. Uh, Hunter Green. So we're starting to see basically all of those young, exciting prospect pitchers mm-hmm. who made their respective teams starting to get drafted. say Kikuchi is the next one up there. Uh, Scott, you are on
1: deck. And... Well, although the, the Tommy Pham and Connor Joe picks back-to-back makes it a little easier what direction I should go here.
0: Yeah. Okay. You, your utility spot is still open. Uh, you have a yep. pitcher spot open as well. Uh, let's read off your team. You got Dalton Varsho, Pete Alonzo, Max Muncie. Alberto Mondesi, Javier Baez, and then your outfield, Randall Grichuk, Jorge Soler, Chris Bryant. Your pitchers, Max Scherzer, Noah Syndergaard, John Gray, Brandon Woodruff, Jesus Lozardo, Tony Gonsolin, and you have two bench stash, stashes in Chris Sale and O'Neill Cruz.
1: Hmm. So what am I going to do now, huh?
0: Bobby Dahlbeck was the pick right before Scott, by the way, who... Uh, It's having a pretty decent spring as well.
1: Do I want to push my luck at starting pitcher? I don't think so. I don't think I do. I am going to take Nestor Cortez, who's like one of my good luck charms this year. And which of these two do I want to do? Do I want to go Nick Lodolo for a little upside there? I mean, he threw like 60 innings last year. I mean, I don't I don't, want to, I don't think it's a bad pick, but we're getting to a point where we're almost out of pitchers I like, you know? Or do I go with a reliever, my first reliever? I think I'm going to go with my first reliever because if this guy doesn't end up closing, he's almost certainly setting up, and I love the ratios for Art Warren of the Cincinnati Reds.
0: Yeah. Hey, you know, I'm about it, Scott. The strikeouts were awesome last year. I think it was... A 19% swinging strike rate for Art Warren, and he has some experience closing in the minors as well of in the Reds organization.
1: So, yeah, yeah, and like he was just as dominant in the minors. I want to say, right?
0: Yeah, pull up. So it's not because it's a
1: small sample that he dominated in the majors. It's only 21 innings, and so well, you know what? He wasn't that great at Louisville. 5.06 ERA, though the strikeout rate was still crazy. He was, oh, he was, he was,
2: you know, he was Camilo Duvall
1: esque. Except, no, he was, his walk rate was fine. He gave up 10.1 hits per nine in his 16 minor league innings, striking out 30. He was so bad. That's weird. He I was don't know if he had a bad defense, behind him or what? That's weird.
0: He was bad in the minors last year, Scott, but leading up to yeah. that, he was very good. 2019 well, that, 171 ERA, 2018, 172 ERA. What I'm
1: saying is the only thing that made that ERA high in the minors last year was not was hits and not home run hits, like in play hits. Yeah. So and it's 16 innings. So just, you know. Anyway, I think he's good.
0: After you selected Art Warren, Aaron Ashby, Jesus Aguilar, uh, Enrique Hernandez, and Elias Diaz. The most catcher two of all the catchers. But someone I, I, I do like to get as my second catcher in a Roto League. Uh, and I am on the clock. There was, there was a name that I was looking at. And I've already started working on my bench hitters, so I don't think I want to go back to that. Um okay Maybe making sure
1: three bench spots left. Making sure we're not
0: missing. That's fun. No, I'm not gonna do that. I'm going to take another reliever here. And somebody who may oh I gotta do this fast. <laughs> uh can someone pause it? Oh no. Can I get
1: it in? I'll I'll pause it for you. You're the host.
0: Ah uh, boom. I don't know if it happened or not. All right, I'm gonna take Jonathan Loaziga. So he had okay. just 17 holds last year, but the ratios were great. He's about a strikeout per inning, and more than anything, I mean, it's, 17 holds is
1: not a bad number of holds.
0: Yeah, um, and, and if anything happens to Chapman, I, I think he's the next man up there as well. So uh, yeah, uh, he's on a winning team. So if they're not if they're not holds, they're, it'll work into saves, and uh, I like now, the pitcher. So uh,
1: let me double check this before I say it. Yeah. So in I, I uh I had a piece come out on Tuesday, breaking down the bullpen situation for every team and kind of prioritizing closer choices, which also kind of serves as a holds priority. A holds hierarchy. Um I had Chad Green ahead of Jonathan Lawizega. So why go over Chad Green, Frank? Well, Maybe I was
0: planning to take Chad Green as well, Scott. <laughs> oh man, uh, I don't know. That is that's a fair question. I think Chad Green gets more strikeouts. Uh, last year, the ratios were better for Jonathan Lewiziga. Uh, I, maybe it's just because I watch so many Yankee games. <laughs> like Chad Green feels like he's worse than he is. He gives up home runs <laughs> in the worst spots. His numbers are still good.
1: Yeah, um, well, his ERA is always suspiciously high for as good as his other numbers are, because his other numbers right. are like, ooh. Slam dunk from Chris Towers. What happened? Ah. He's mad because he missed out on Reed Detmers. Reed Detmers.
2: Ah (laughs) Uh. geez. Annoying. Good pick. (laughs) Good pick. (laughs) Is that okay? No, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Um. one of the last upside pitchers left that I really like. I haven't drafted enough of him. I haven't been as intentional about drafting Reed Detmers as I needed to be. And I'm paying the price now. I'm sorry, Chris. It's okay. It's it, not your fault. In the meantime, Adams.
0: I will <laughs> I'll catch people up after I took Luiziga, Nick Pavetta, Drew Steckenrider, Reed Detmers, Miguel Sano, Adley Rutschman.
2: Uh, this is pretty
0: late for Adley Rutschman, too, in a one catcher league. I kind of like it. -hmm. Uh, Chris, where are you going here? Are you looking at another upside arm?
2: Uh, Depends how we define that term, I suppose. I am going to go with Merrill Kelly, who's been getting some a little bit of hype this spring, got a little extension for himself, did throw almost six innings per start last season. So, you know, it's more about can he get that ERA under four? If he can, I would imagine he's going to average close to six innings per start, if not a little better than that. And, um, you know, could be somewhat useful.
1: Yeah, he could.
0: Yeah. No, that, that's a good pick. Again, I think more than anything is, it's kind of like a veteran pitcher, so they're going to let him go. Um, likely he won't get wins with the D-backs, yeah. but you don't care about that when, when we're looking for quality starts. After Merrill Kelly, Eliezer Hernandez, who left with a forearm contusion, I believe he got struck by a comebacker, uh, in his start on yeah, Tuesday, but it so. seems like he's okay. Yeah, so that's good news because he was having the a big only problem is he well. just
2: he never goes six innings. <laughs> like even even when things are going well, he very rarely throws six innings, and so he's someone I actually like more in a standard Roto league.
0: Yep. Uh, all right. After Hernandez, Casey Mize, Jordan Montgomery, uh, Scott, I f- feel like you didn't get to like finish up your point on the Yankees relievers.
1: Oh, I mean, it could go either way. Oh, because of my temper lost his job. <laughs> it wasn't. It was how worth much, it. Chris. How much Chad Green analysis do we really need, honestly?
0: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, in case you haven't realized, we're 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 just gonna play this out. We'll we'll keep the the draft the, the stream going, the podcast going. It's our last draft of the off season, so we'll have some fun. We'll run a little bit long here. Again, we'll we'll break this down into two different mm. parts on the podcast side. Uh, Luis Patino just went. Someone I I know you also like Chris. Um, was he in consideration for you?
2: Yeah, yeah, he was definitely in my queue. I, he's another guy that I just don't know if he's ever going to go six innings all that often, especially pitching for the Rays. Um, good news is he's already been named part of their opening day rotation, which is not surprising except that he was dealing with like a shoulder issue at one point in spring, so was just a little concerned about that. But I do think Luis Patino has you know a, a decent amount of breakout potential, so. Definitely someone I, I I like drafting.
0: All right, and the first pick of round nineteen is Jock Peterson. And Jack then Peterson,
2: Wasgar. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, Jock Peterson. That's that's kind of an interesting one. He he could be uh, he could be playing pretty regularly for the Giants.
0: Uh yes, he can. I know they've they've had some injuries there. He's he's just kind of jaggy at this point, Chris. You know. I I don't know. Yeah. Last year, he hit.
2: Yeah, it was Lamont Wade Jr. got hurt. So, yeah, Yeah. it's uh, Peterson should be a pretty regular in left field.
0: 238 batting average, 18 homers, 732 OPS, 8% walk rate. I don't don't know that there are bad picks necessarily at at this point. (laughs) You know, we're approaching pick 300. After Jock Peterson, Waskar Enoa. Enoa's, I mean, his numbers were good. his surface level numbers, the strikeouts, strikeout minus walk rate was really strong for Inoa last season. He's just a two pitch pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, I know earlier in spring training, he was kind of messing around with his changeup a little bit. So if that's a pitch that he can use 10 to 12% of the time, maybe throw it against lefties a little bit, uh, I think that can go a long way for for Wascar Inoa. I don't mind it this late. Uh, after Inoa, Nick Ladolo, Trey Mancini, Chris, you selected Ian Happ. And then uh, Jamer Candelario and Denelson Lamet.
2: Lamet's interesting. Uh, Lamet's another guy I was thinking about. Yeah, could be a could be a decent source of saves and holds.
0: Yeah, I mean he could be a multi inning reliever too. So if if the ratios are good, they might matter a little bit more uh, from Denelson Lamet. Strikeouts there with him too. Um, Chris, you selected Ian Happ by the way. I feel like we haven't talked about him much. This offseason. season, yeah, no, it's it's, it's kind of because he plays for the Chicago Cubs, so I guess it's just not exciting to talk about him. But he he was he was better in the second half last season. I feel like yeah, we say he just that had about, such a
2: mediocre season overall.
0: I feel like we say that about Ian Happ every year, right? Like he was good in the second half, and that, and that's the last <laughs> thing we remember. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, look, his overall numbers in twenty twenty were really good. Um, you know, uh, especially in this format, I think it was what a three sixty. OBP in a slug over 500 so he's someone who benefits from an OBP league because he does walk around 12% of the time but the strikeouts have been an issue last season it's just like consistency more than anything he's got the skills he's got the the power especially Max Exavila last season 84th percentile he hits the ball hard it's just a question of doing that consistently enough to take advantage and he hasn't been able to do that enough
0: Again, that is Ian Happ. I'll read off his second-half numbers, but I am on the clock, so I have to make a pick. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do exactly what I said I was going to do. I'm, I'm going to take Chad Green as well. So let's go, Yankees. I've got Chad Green, yeah. John, Jonathan Loazga, and and Josh Donaldson. Um, either way, I'm getting holds or or saves if, if something goes wrong with Chapman. Um, good ratios, lots of strikeouts between those two. So I'm I'm happy to do it. Ian Happ in the second half last year, he hit 268 and 886 OPS. Uh, and what really helped was he lowered his ground ball rate about seven percentage points compared to the first half. Put the ball in the air more. Home run to fly ball ratio went up. Um, yeah. Need more consistency. Uh, other picks that have happened. Oh. Drew Rasmussen, Luis Arias, Patrick Wisdom, Nikki Lopez, Riley Green, Anthony Bender, Cole Sulser. Uh, which of these picks were, were the ones that, that hurt you, Scott?
1: I can't- Anthony Bender, uh, because right. he's, he's another one who's going to get either... If he's not getting saves, which he may, he'll get holds. And he went 50 picks after Dylan Floro, which and it doesn't make any sense to me at this point. I also thought the Riley Green pick was interesting. He's somebody I envisioned myself taking, because obviously the upside's great, but you can't stash him in an IL spot, and I'm finding... Like we're, we've almost filled up our benches, and I'm, there's a surprisingly high number of players I still like out there. Uh, I'm going to go with a couple outfielders here, fill that fill that utility spot. One with Andrew McCutcheon, who I think could be pretty sneaky. He walked 80 times last year, hit for a low batting average, but he uh, he 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 thinks he was favoring his knee in a way that took away some of his opposite field power, and he's going to be playing DH for the Brewers primarily. So I think that's I like that pick. And then a flashy pick here. The first time I've had occasion to take him in fantasy. Josh Lowe. Or as he's known oh, on our site. Joshua Lowe. Who is now, who is set to take Austin Meadows' spot in the Rays' lineup. And I think is more interesting than Meadows because he brings some speed yeah. and I think higher end power too.
0: Yeah, no, I like yeah, that. He, that. He went twenty twenty last season in the minors. 20-plus homers, 20-plus steals. The McCutcheon pick, by the way, uh, he's eight for 20 in the spring, two homers, more walks and strikeouts, and two steals. So if there was any indication that the knee is feeling good, Andrew McCutcheon is running in spring training. So uh, I think that that is pretty interesting. So nice picks there, Scotty. Uh, After Josh Lowe, Brandon Nimmo. uh, Brandon Nimmo's dealing, I believe, with a neck injury. Uh, I saw that he got a cortisone shot. Might not be ready for opening day. Man, like... What can go wrong will go wrong for the New York Mets. I just, you, you can't make this stuff up. Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer tweaks the hamstring. He's not going to pitch on opening day. They're, they're hoping he pitches on Friday. Uh, yeah, Nimmo received a cortisone-type injection in his neck. That doesn't sound good, so I don't know. Maybe it helps out Uh, my guy Dom Smith gets some playing time. After Nimmo went, uh, Rowan Wick, Will Myers, Austin Slater... And I am up.
1: Later, Slater.
0: Later, Slater. And I have not had an opportunity to look through. Oh, he's a fun player. Yeah, I think that's probably going to be it. Let's take a look at the next page real quick. Okay, scrolling through. Riveting podcast right now. I'm sorry for those listening. Um, Okay, I'm going to select Bailey Ober, who has been... Generating yep. some buzz around the fantasy industry. Uh, if nothing else, he doesn't walk many batters at all. So I, I think he'll pitch efficiently, which maybe helps him get to that six inning threshold for for quality starts. Uh I don't think I had a single share of him up to this point, so I'm I'm happy to do so. Take that was If Bailey I took over.
1: another starting pitcher, it was gonna be him. Nice. Yeah. That yeah.
0: Makes you feel pretty good. <laughs> you know, that's Scott mm-hmm. Why. He knows what he's doing sometimes, right?
1: So every now and then.
0: After Bailey Ober, uh, Kyle Higashioka, someone we talked about as a, a spring riser, leads uh, all of spring training in home runs. Uh, so, looks like he's going to be uh, the, the main starting catcher for the Yankees. Good ballpark, good lineup. Scott, I think you mentioned that he kind of changed his batting stance a little bit. Or maybe it was Chris.
2: It wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, he he reworked his swing to... He, he modeled it after Josh Donaldson. Okay. Um, that's who you know, my obviously way. has a swing geared for power, and hey, if he needs any tips, you can just go across the locker room now. <laughs>
0: right, makes sense to me. All right, uh, Kyle Agashioka, interesting one there. We are in round twenty. We've got two more rounds after this, and then that's it. Draft season is over for the boys. It's been fun.
1: I man. am, I am working. I started it before the podcast. I'm working on the week 1 sleeper hitters and pitchers. So that's that's what stage of the ramp up to the season we're in. We're we're in the lineup setting stage now. We're officially transitioning from draft season to in season.
0: Well, Scott, let me that's ask you. Exciting. Are those sleepers going to be for the just the weekend slate or for like the long week? I'll have some for both.
1: Okay. It's geared more for just the the weekend slate. If your week one is uh, Thursday through Sunday, because that's the default setting. But of course, some people like to extend it through the first full week, make it an eleven day scoring period. So I'll have a few sleeper recommendations for those for the people who do those as well.
0: Okay, yeah, I think we'll hit that on tomorrow's podcast too. So we'll do season predictions. We'll talk a little bit about uh, sleepers for the weekend because, I mean, even if you. Even if you don't play in a, the longer matchup, uh, if you just play in a, a roto league, you're, you're just setting your lineup for the weekend anyway. So, We might have some some names for, for those of you in deeper leagues uh, from the start. After I selected, not me, after someone selected Kyle Gashioka, JP Crawford, Nick Senzel, uh, Diego Castillo, not the reliever for the Mariners. Which one? That is okay. the second baseman. I, I saw him play third base the other day too, so... Has some versatility there for the Pirates. Uh, Alex Colome, And Chris, you selected Josiah Gray, who I believe is having a terrible spring. The the That's home, fine. The home runs are just a <laughs> massive issue for him, right? Like I think the strikeout stuff yeah. is there for Josiah Gray. He just allows so many fly balls and so many home runs. Uh, yeah, he's
2: given up five home runs in nine and two-thirds innings, 10 runs overall. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder if it's a case of like one, his fastball just wasn't very good last season. And you know, that's always a concern. You can mitigate it by not throwing your fastball that much, but most pitchers are still going to throw it 50% of the time at least. And yeah, it's been really hittable in the majors, So that's an issue. I wonder if he, you know, could benefit from throwing fewer strikes, which is not always a, uh, or, you know, working in the zone a little less, but the makings of a good pitcher are there Like his slider and curveball are both really, really good swing and miss pitches. And so when you're talking about this late in the draft, like, yeah, Josiah Gray is not a perfect pitcher. There, there are none here. So I'll take a swing on some upside there.
0: Yeah, that, that is a fair point. After Josiah Gray, uh, Chaz McCormick, Jonathan Scope, and Ahmed Rosario. And uh, we are... T- t- one pick away from round twenty-one, and there you are. Edward Cabrera is the next pick. Uh, let's quickly run through each other's teams. We'll take a look and, and talk about some other picks, and and then we'll we'll wrap up wrap up the podcast and the stream here. And Chris, let's let's see what you got going on. Uh, all right, so you've got Yasmani Grandal, <laughs> Joey Votto, Gavin Lux, Eugenio Suarez, Jeremy Pena in the infield, and then John Carlos Stanton, George Springer, Joey Gallo. Uh, Spencer Torkelson in the outfield, and Utility. Then for your pitchers, you've got Justin Verlander, Liam Hendricks, Alex Cobb, Garrett Cole, Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, and then two strong saves plus holds relievers, Paul Sewald, David Bednar. On your bench, you've got Mer- Merrill Kelly, Ian Happ, Josiah Gray, Zach Plesac. You know, the infield's not perfect, uh, Chris, but you've got a lot of power, and it, the pitching is interesting, I would say.
2: Yeah, I think this team is well-suited to compete in this format. Um, obviously, punting steals is certainly the way to go with the roster that I have, but I should be able to compete pretty much everywhere. I think it's a very strong OBP team, so that's good. It's one of those teams where you have to remind yourself it's a 16-team league, you know, because that uh, it starts to get a little ugly when you're skewed towards 12 teams, but I'm pretty happy with it. It's... I wish there was a little more upside on my on my bench, um, and I'm not sure the next few guys that I'm going to take are going to have a ton of upside. So, you know, hopefully I'll be able to stumble upon some or I won't have many injury issues, but it is an old core for sure between Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, Giancarlo Stan, George Springer, Grundahl, Votto. I've got, there's some risk there. Uh, in, in that kind of core build as well, but I'm pretty happy with it overall. I think I think it's going to compete.
0: Hey, you know what? If there was ever a theme that made sense for Chris Towers' team, just stay healthy. <laughs> so, yeah,
2: old injury prone
0: <laughs> makes makes sense there. Yeah, look, it's a lot of OBP. There's there's power. I think you'll be scouring the waiver wire for uh, you know any second, third, and shortstop options. But yeah, if you hit on some of those, then uh, I think yep. I think you'll be all right. Alright, so you selected Hector Neris, who um, will likely set up for Ryan Presley. Then Adam Ottavino goes. A few other picks this round. Josh Young, who you won't be able to stash in the IL because he's on the minor league IL. Uh, yeah. And then Taiwan Walker, James Karinczak. Karinczak's kind of interesting.
2: This is late yeah, for is him. He, is he gonna... I thought I saw something that he may not be on the opening day roster, but I
1: wasn't I think he's They're hurt. Not, yeah, okay. That's that's what I thought. Yeah, shoulder. Yeah. All right. But not not considered a long-term injury. Okay. And yeah, I mean, could be
2: one of those 100 strikeout relievers fairly easily if he's healthy.
0: Yep. Uh, after Adam Adovino, Brad Hand goes and I'll try and figure out who I want to take. How many picks do we have left? I think we have two. Yeah. Yep. On my bench, I've got three pitchers, one hitter. So maybe I'll look for another... Upside type bat, and let's see. Talking through Lane Thomas, kind of interesting at this point. Like he just keeps sliding mm-hmm. in drafts. I, I know we, it's kind of a bummer he's not going to lead off for the Nationals, but um, as long as he's playing every day, shh, could be interesting. Could be like a twenty twenty guy if everything breaks mm-hmm. right. Ah, finally he goes, and it wasn't in round you know three. <laughs> Dominic Smith is yes. the name there.
1: <laughs> Is that that from the guy who kept auto-drafting him? I I hope so. That would make the most sense. No, it would be sad if it wasn't. Yeah. I think it was, yes.
0: (laughs) It was. Good job, Adam. Yeah. He was the one being uh, auto-drafted. All right. Not really seeing other names that are very exciting here. I'll figure something out. I'm on deck. Uh, Jose Miranda just went to... He will start in the minors for the Minnesota Twins. Still someone that you could stash. I
1: could use about five more bench spots, personally. (laughs) I mean, there are several players I'd like to get my mitts on. Ooh, actually, I just... It's just just not going to happen.
0: I just saw a name that I scrolled across that Mm, I will mm. be very excited to select. And it is not Madison Bumgarner who just went. Uh, so the player I want is Tyler McGill.
2: Oh um, yep, he was in my queue. Yeah, so round twenty one M- um, might be the last opening day starter drafted. <laughs> yeah, there's talks either
0: he or Ben. How far they've fallen? Uh, Tyler McGill or David Peterson will be will pitch opening day for the New York Mets. McGill's interesting. He's he's a tall pitcher, big mm-hmm. right hander. Strikeouts last year. Home runs were an issue for him. It doesn't necessarily come with, like, prospect pedigree, but uh, the minor league numbers were kind of interesting. He's got, like, three or four pitches. Uh, So Tyler McGill is someone I've been drafting late in um, basically all my drafts, so let's see what he can do. Uh, And I'll take a look at my team, and then, Scott, we'll get to your picks and your team. Okay. And then we'll wrap this one up. Uh, So for me, I've got Tyler Stevenson, Paul Goldschmidt, Jorge Polanco, Josh Donaldson, Willie Adamas in my infield. In the outfield, I've got Eloy Jimenez, Jared Kelnick, Seiya Suzuki, and Shohei Otani is my utility bat. For my pitchers, I've got Sandy Alcantara, Charlie Morton, uh, Alex Wood, Tristan McKenzie, Logan Gilbert. Those are the starters. I've also got uh, Taylor Rogers, Jonathan Loizaga, Chad Green for my relievers. And then on the bench, I've got Lance Lynn, Tommy Pham, uh, Bailey Ober, Tyler McGill. So I've got a stash in Lance Lynn. Some upside uh, pitchers. I feel like in Ober and McGill. I like Tommy Pham quite a bit. I I like the way this team turned out overall. Uh, you know what? I was reading the outfield. I was like, it seems maybe a little weak. And then I got to Otani, and I was like, all right, well, yeah, that's a nice reminder that you know the the lineup. I feel like the lineup is pretty well balanced here. Uh, I waited maybe a little bit too long for my you know third and fourth uh, starting pitchers. But I wound up with a lot of names here that I like. So with Sandy and Charlie Morton, Alex Wood, Logan Gilbert again. Yeah, those are names that I like quite a bit. Willie Adamas is the breakout there. Um, I like this team. Solid. Uh, and then let's get to your picks. Scott, who'd you take? You took uh, okay. Tyler Matzik and Colin McHugh. So, uh, all right, we're, going, we're both going with the Homer saves plus hold strategy.
1: You mentioned the Braves had all those holds last year. <laughs> Tyler Matzik was fifth in holds with 25, mm-hmm. and Colin McHugh I think is going to be the primary right-handed setup man. And it, like if he continues last year's ratios, he'll be uh, he'll be a great reliever in this format. So yeah, those are my three relievers: those two and Art Warren. Those are going to be my saves plus holds guys to begin the season. I feel okay with that. There are some interesting bats. Uh, there's one starting pitcher I like, uh, but I'll try to pick one of them. Up when I put Chris Sale on the IL. All
0: right, you sure you don't want to just tell us who it is, Scott? Or no? Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, all right. You I've sure gotta... you
2: don't want to tell us who it is right after this pick? <laughs> no. uh, right after my pick. Come on, man. Uh, all right, I'm
0: looking. Yeah, I, I mean, I mentioned his name earlier. Uh, I'll go ahead and will I do it? Yeah, I'll take Lane Thomas. A little power and speed. Um, the walk rates we've I mean, seen at times um, solid for Lane Thomas. So,
1: this is a rare draft where uh, we could see two Diego Castillos drafted. The second baseman <laughs> already went.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a, but, That's a good point.
1: Yeah. So just, since, that's one name for it.
2: Since I don't have any IL stashes that I'm going to put in the IL, and I don't have any waiver claims to make immediately, I'm just going to throw out there for the last seven people who are picking, uh, Jordan Hicks. So make sure he gets drafted. I like uh, Andrew Heaney, and you know maybe Carlos Santana, maybe. Mmm.
0: All right, sneaky maybe. OBP, someone who was a standout for years. In this and maybe Garrett
1: Whitlock. <laughs> Any other names, Chris? <laughs> are you trying just, to guess who the players I want? Um, are?
2: I don't know who Scott Jam- Jameson Tyome. No. Um.
0: <laughs> I don't know maybe you've already <laughs> said it I, I, don't, I don't think Scott's gonna give it up let's take a look at Scott's team he's got Dalton Varsho at catcher then Pete Alonzo Max Muncie, Adalberto Mondesi Javier Baez in the infield then Randall Grichuk Jorge Soler Chris Bryant and Andrew McCutcheon in the outfield and his utility spot he started off with the two pitchers Max Scherzer Brandon Woodruff but he also has uh, Noah Syndergaard John Gray Jesus Lazardo, Tony Gonsolin Nestor Cortez, uh, Chris Sale as a stash. Who are the relievers? He's got Tyler Matzik, Colin McHugh, Art Warren, uh, Josh Lowe. Some upside there. And and O'Neal Cruz waiting on him. So uh, what do you think, Scott, about the way this team turned out?
1: I'm happy. I'm happy with it. I got the power-laden lineup I wanted. I have some, particularly with that, Like I have a lot of versatility between Max Muncy, Adalberto Mondesi, Javier Baez, and Chris Bryant. So like when O'Neill Cruz is ready to go, if for some reason somebody's not pulling their weight, I can easily get him in the lineup. And and same thing if 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 Josh Lowe, who's Joshua Lowe on our product for what it's worth, if he uh if he's a, a big breakthrough right away, shouldn't it be hard to get him in. But I mean I'm I'm pretty happy with the players I have starting there. And I feel like my starting pitching, considering I went eight rounds or or seven rounds without drafting a pitcher after after going, what do you call it, Chris? Hero Ace? Hero SP. A hero SP with Max Scherzer and Brandon Woodruff at the top. I am I think my pitching should be fine for a 16-team league. Yeah, happy with it. Really happy with it.
0: Nice. Uh, now every player that Chris mentioned is being drafted. Garrett Whitlock, <laughs> uh, Jordan Hicks, Andrew <laughs> Heaney. They
1: were all looking for suggestions. <laughs> Jorge
2: Alfaro. I, um, I got to say, though, I got sniped in the... Twenty third, twenty second round with a three hundred and forty third overall pick, and I'm actually upset about this. Adam what? Frazier. <laughs> Adam Frazier. Oh yeah, you have Seattle Mariners leadoff that. hitter Adam Frazier was going to be the key to everything. There's <laughs> the one guy in my queue I didn't mention intentionally. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> All right, Chris, hit us here with uh, with your last pick. Um, I'll go with Andres Jimenez. Hey, it he sounds like he's going to crack the everyday roster. Jimenez is having a,
0: uh, a good spring and, and you know, what's dead yeah. may never die. So the dream lives with Andres Jimenez, who is nine for 25 with a homer and four steals this spring. Yeah. So very, very sneaky. Let's wrap there for Scott and Chris. I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching fantasy baseball today. We'll be back again tomorrow. Bye
2: Bye. <laughs>